It's time to get even more frank on the Get More Frank podcast with sales strategist, performance coach, marketing expert, and best-selling author, Frank Lopes. You have entered the no-smoke zone. Everything here, straightforward, straight truth, whether you want to hear it or not. And my guest this evening, Brian Kramer. Brian, welcome again. We had a blast last time. I can't wait to do this again. So what I want to do, I want to get right into it. We're at that time of the year right now, Brian. People are in total, total speculation mode. They're thinking, man, what's going to be next? And look, after the last couple of years, who's to tell what in the world is going to come next? We're sitting right now in so many different circumstances, looking at things and thinking back to things that have happened over the last two years that none of us would have ever imagined. Hey, look, one of them is you leaving retail and going to cars.com. I mean, that was a shocker within itself. And we've talked about that a whole bunch of times. We don't need to talk about that again, but you're totally, totally settled in to your position there and you've got your finger on the pulse you know what's going on you know what's going down so there's nobody better to talk about what it is that's going to come in 2024 now what i did to make this easy for both of us brian is i picked three topics that are top of mind that are super super heavy and what i want to do is we're going to put that topic out and then I will give my prediction on what's going to happen. And then I want you to give yours immediately after. I will definitely keep mine short because everybody really wants to hear what it is that you've got to say. He has no idea what the topics are going to be. So there was no prep ahead of time. So, so let's start it off. Brian, you ready, my friend? I'm ready. Let's go. Let's start it off with topic number one is going to be that the EV push is going to stop. Just today, Fox News reported that the House is set to hold a vote on a bill striking down Biden's EV push, saying that it's radical and unattainable, radical and unattainable. Representative Tim Wahlberg from Michigan, he's saying that the American auto industry is at its best when they are free to innovate and listen to the will of consumers and not be constrained by bureaucracy. Brian, in my opinion, they're 100% right. This EV push is going to absolutely come to a stop. And it's going to come to a stop for a few different reasons. We can talk about infrastructure. We can talk about, you know, we can talk about the Consumer Reports article that came out last week talking about how EVs model year 2021 to 2023 report 80% more problems than internal combustion engine vehicles. And of all electrified vehicles, hybrids, believe it or not, have the least amount of problems. They actually have 26% less problems than internal combustion engines. In my opinion, EVs are nothing more than a solution in search of a problem. And it's almost like they're trying to make a problem to be able to push an agenda and for people to make money. So what do I think? I don't think EVs are going to go away or anything like that. That's all silly talk, to be honest. Right. But the push from the states, the push from the federal government to basically outlaw internal combustion engines. I think that's going to come to a stop. Get more Frank. Whenever I look at anything, I try to look at it very objectively because I got to make sure that I'm not immediately jumping to conclusions and I'm not dismissive of things because I've been like that in the past and I missed out on a lot of opportunity. So I'm still aware of Tesla 
you know, having the fourth best-selling vehicle in North America. I mean, they you have the F-150, Chevy Silverado, Ram 1500, Tesla Model Y. So you can't ignore that at the same time. You think Elon Musk is, is worried about the infrastructure? Obviously, with Cybertruck is front of mind for him, but they have really focused on the experience. Now, do I agree with the way they go about it with direct consumer? No. But I will say that there's a lot to be learned from that. And there's also a lot to be learned from the margin structure that they had. And it makes me question, are all these EVs overpriced? Why do they have so much margin? It seems like that's the new model, although Mach-E's today you know, allowed dealers to start discounting them. I don't know what the right answer is, but I think that there isn't a place for EVs. But I completely adamantly disagree with the way that it was going about it. I don't think there needs to be tax credits. Tax credits could be used in a different way. Even Elon Musk has said he doesn't understand why they incentivize it the way they do. And you and I could go back and forth on the politics of it, and I get myself all charged up when I think about how it should just be a free market. You should let the market decide. And if the product is that good, which you know Elon Musk is merchandising, he creates this hype, this hysteria. He, there's this aura about him. The cars aren't the most reliable. They don't have the best after-sale experience. But they there's something to be said for the mystique of that that you could do with an ICE car or anything like that. The solution is, you know, from a technology standpoint, but I really don't think that technology is what we're talking about here. I don't think that people buy EVs, and especially, you know, all the EVs, because of the technology. I, I, mean, I think they drive really well. But I think that hybrids, like you said, to solid state batteries, that progression, Toyota, I was in a meeting when they said by 2030, that technology is going to catch up. And that's when the demand is going to be there and the cost of batteries and the 700 mile range. And now we see these solid state batteries yep. that are coming out and they accelerated all that depreciation within all this narrative. And I get really worked up about the politics because it was set up, you know, seven years ago and everybody's trying to push this, you know, how many cars you got to build to the OEMs and all the, you know, behind the scenes stuff that we all know goes on. But which isn't always necessarily based on consumer demand. But at the end of the day, if you get online and you mystery shop Tesla on a new vehicle and you get on average dealer's website and mystery shop trying to transact and being able to conduct an appraisal, a credit application, all the seamless stuff that Tesla makes look so easy, that's the biggest gap. More than the, the product itself, here's what I would say to dealers. Every dealer wants to justify why you know, Amazon's not going to take over. It's not that big of a deal or Tesla's not that big of a threat. And it's been happening and happening and happening. And they keep getting more and more and more market share. Now they're going to get this truck market share. So who knows, they might be the third best selling vehicle, but you got to compare yourself, the experience. And if somebody buys a Tesla because they wanted to, you know, experiment and have a little affair, you know, go get this EV. When they come back, I, into I the like how you refer get, to it as a, as an affair. That's good. That's absolutely that's absolutely great. And then you want to come back to safe and reliable relationship, right? Some something that can get you at the airport. You don't have to worry about. I mean, I see Rivians all over Naples. You know, on the side of the. I don't know what the issues are, but the, I know they're on the side of the road. But I know that it doesn't make me feel comfortable. But if they go back, and then it's that much friction, and we don't solve the problems ourselves as dealers, to be able to remove the roadblocks with credit app, virtual test drives, remote test drives, remote service, all the things that some dealers are doing really well, yes. that Tesla does really well, then the customer is going to go, you know what, this is just so much friction, so much aggravation. I'm going to go back and get a Tesla. I might not want a Tesla, but it's just so easy. 7MS, the 7-Minute Setup by Frank J. Lopes, was tagged as one of the seven best investments you can make by Forbes Magazine. Yeah, Forbes Magazine. Grab it today on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and wherever books are sold online.
Brian, let's go back to the original part. What do you think about the federal mandates? You know, California, a few other states, New Jersey, just just last week, putting out these mandates about not selling any internal combustion engine, new internal combustion engine vehicles. One of them says 2030. One of them says 2035. Federal government, the House of Representatives going to be voting this week about slamming the brakes on Biden's mandate. What do you think about these mandates? Is the government going to finally get out of the retail automotive business where they, they, they don't belong in there in the first place? But are they finally going to get out? Or do you think that these mandates are, are something that's going to continue going forward? I don't think I would do well in politics. At least that's what my wife says. But I will say this. Did we achieve the 2020 cafe standards? Because in a car dealership, if you don't hit your number, you don't hit your number three months in a row, four months in a row, conversations start happening, right? But if you don't hit your objective four years in a row or five years in a row, six years in a row, everybody's like, oh, we're going to do this by 2030. Nobody ever talks about, hey, did we ever finish the job that we started out doing when we committed that we were going to be carbon neutral by whatever? Just like you said, how is it possible that in business, right, in the free market, in business, that if we put a statement out there that we're going to accomplish a certain thing by a certain period of time and we don't do it, for whatever reason, the reason is so inconsequential, right? If we don't do it, right, the heads get chopped off, the bad conversation started, replacements are looked it's, for. Yeah, it's called a dream in automotive retail. When you have a goal with a deadline that without consequences, you're a dreamer. Yeah, we consider that a dreamer. But it seems like the federal government, it's totally cool to dream. No problem. Dream all you want. Not only about not only dream about it, we're going to scare you with our dreams. We're going to take our dreams and turn them into your nightmares. That's what seems to go on every day. What's their choice? That genie's already out of the bottle. It takes seven years from design to manufacturing to build a vehicle and then seven more years before you do the next one. Right. Cycle seven years from design to manufacturing. That just had, we just watched it with the Cybertruck. Whatever year these vehicles get launched, seven years later is when the next replacement. So as soon as they launch one, they start designing the next one. So it's not like they can just go back and spend $300 million to retool and like, my bad. I didn't really realize that everybody wasn't going to be that excited about it. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Yeah, you. Get more Frank. Jim Farley, a few weeks ago, made a statement, and I don't have the exact quote, but he said something to the tune. And Mr. Farley, if I'm wrong, don't come after me at NADA, okay? Try to put baby in the corner or anything. I'm saying that I'm ad libbing this, okay? But Jim Farley said something a few weeks ago to the tune of everybody who wanted an EV got one. What do you think about that, Brian? I think that a lot of people are buying a Tesla because it's some niche that's unique. You know, it's a different type of experience. You can get online, and before you know it, so easy that you just bought a car and you're like, what just happened? And that's how we should be selling ICE vehicles. That's how we should be selling all vehicles. And I don't necessarily think that everybody's doing it because they want to go green. That's not why I'm buying one. You know, it's not that I'm opposed to the environment or I hate earth, but it's not my <laughs> no, number one motivating factor. It's because I like the styling of the car and I wanted, it's got 400 horsepower. And, and you want the experience. Um, you want the experience to right. drive one every day to see what it's like for yourself. But it's also super easy. And they also, you know, a lot of these EV companies, Tesla is one of them, they don't have to go through CFPV audits and compliance audits and F&I, FTC, all these other regulations and all the state dealer association stuff that franchise dealers have to go through. For some reason, they're not held to those same standards, which is fine, but they shouldn't hold the manufacturer, the OEMs that are the legacy OEMs to that same standard at the same time. And when you have to compete with that same experience or the tech stack 
challenges and limitations that are they're just a reality of it when you have to go push technology you know data between 14 different apis just to be able to get to the end destination it's uh it's fragmented it's challenging if the government wants to fix automotive retail they should start with tag and title and standardize it across the country yes absolutely just Make it a flat tax, a flat fee, a flat dock fee, and make it simple so you can interoperability between all the states instead of the, I mean, that really is the problem. The Get More Frank Podcast, brought to you by Hamlin and Associates. Your next record month starts here. Car Now, the only road that can bridge online and in showroom. And I, Recon from V-Auto. See every step of the reconditioning journey for every car. I don't have this set up as one of the things, right? But let me but let me put this out there because we talk about the experience, we talk about Tesla, we talk about the pricing, and it's always, in my experience, it has always been the pricing that creates the friction each and every single time. Now, we talk about Tesla, and if you're buying a Tesla, there is one Tesla website to go to. There's one place where you buy it. There is one experience experience. There are not 16,000 different experiences here. There is one experience and a big part of that experience, Brian, has to do with the price. The price is not going to change. There is no competition when it comes to buying a Tesla in New Jersey or buying a Tesla in Florida or Texas or California. The price is the price. Do you feel or do you see more more of the OEMs doing things like map pricing, minimum allowed advertised price, like map pricing in the upcoming year? Well, it depends by, by manufacturer. It depends by, by model. Obviously, for that to work, you know, it works great when you have Ford Broncos or you've got, you know, Dodge Demons. But when you've got hot, hot product, that's the key to that, right? It's when it's not hot and you have an OEM that gets up to 80, 90, 110 new car market day supply, like two or three of them are getting really close to right now. Yes. You start thinking flexible and you start, maybe I'm not going to hold their feet to the fire because for whatever reason, the inventory is stacking up. We're going to have to start getting creative. I will say this, the, the, the standard legacy discounting more aggressive dealers versus less aggressive dealers. And some have different varying levels of risk and some have different levels of loss aversion. You can say whatever you want to say about the, about the existing automotive retail market. But if you owned a Tesla, $80,000 Tesla versus an $80,000 F-150, even if it was a lightning, you're still better off than you would have been in the Tesla. I mean, you're, you're, the Teslas have depreciated. Well, they had two $10,000 price drops. The lightning yes. did have a $10,000 price drop, but they're all, they've taken 20 to 40 grand hits over the last six months. No matter which way you look at it, you can call it a discount. You can call it a rebate, dealer cash, whatever you want to call it. When you don't have the ability for some dealers to get more aggressive in certain markets, and participate in that because they want to get a trade in or they want to get the fixed ops revenue or they want to get creative on something, then the, the it doesn't work out for the manufacturer unless their product is scalding hot and there's less than a 15-day supply of them, or less than a 30-day so that they don't have to pay interest on them. You just got even more Frank on the Get More Frank podcast. If you found this valuable, and I'm sure you did, share this with everyone in your crew and And smash smash that that subscribe subscribe button so you always know when there is more Frank to get. Thanks for listening to the Get More Frank podcast.